Hello, welcome to episode 92 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and each time this comes around in the calendar, I'm always taken with the thought of where are we in relation to the awareness of mental health, which of course is the title of the week. And there's lots of ways we can look at it, and I'm just going to try in a few minutes to outline where from Open Up Cricket's perspective we think we are, but also probably just to ask a lot of questions that, given this format, they are quite rhetorical, but might get you thinking, who the listener, about where you think both you are, your environment and the wider world are in relation to these things. Because I think when we see those terms in the media about awareness of something, we've got to think about what we're attempting to do with that. Is it that we are wanting to just simply draw attention to, in this case, the topic of mental health? I would say, and many would I hope, agree that over the last few years, particularly with the COVID context, the awareness that there is mental health, that people have it, that we all have it, is probably peak. Uh, There's probably never been a time where we've been more aware of that. Yet, the whole continuum of mental health is still just what I discern from conversations and reading and listening is still something which is largely unexplored most of the things which i've seen when i've been browsing on social media over these last few days have been pointing towards where to get help if people are struggling with mental ill health the importance of certain protective factors like talking and all these things are absolutely relevant they're a huge part of it and we still live in a world where people generally think about their health mental or physical when there's been a setback you don't know what you've got till it's gone kind of thing so as a result of that of course we're going to be looking to point people in the direction of where to get help to impress upon them the importance of doing some things like being available to talk to people, being a good listener, and if you're struggling, to be able to talk about it. But as has been said many times before, not just by myself, but by countless people across the globe, if we keep on just reacting when there's problems, we're just waiting for them to come at us rather than being more proactive and trying to intervene somewhere else further along that continuum. And people who have been to open up cricket sessions may well have heard the quote from Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who, of course, is a fairly unlikely source to be used in a cricketing conversation. But he said, instead of just pulling people out of the river when they're drowning, why don't we look upstream to see why they're falling in? And that gets us thinking about sometimes the quite uncomfortable truths around why people can have declines in their mental health. Common cause is taking on too much, the stress, the overwork, and what the kind of world we live in where these things happen so often because people's expectations are so elevated about what they should do. Um, 
and therefore take on things which stretch them beyond their limits. And I'm a case in point definitely with that whenever I've had poor mental health, it's been as a result of put taking on too much, probably with the thought in mind that I need to do more to actually be of worth to, you know, to the community that I'm in. But also, of course, there's the social economic factors as well and the stresses that can be experienced by people who are living in really challenging circumstances where, like at the moment, the cost of living is really affecting their quality of life and their ability to have breaks and enjoy things. And it's not just about spending money for sort of consumer items, but the basics as well. And people worried about how far their paycheck will go in terms of heating the house and uh, having enough food for fa- for the family and, and things like this, which I'd imagine most of us who are listening to this perhaps don't experience and maybe find it difficult to understand people being in those positions. But that's certainly flagged up as being a significant contributor to it. But I, <coughs> excuse me, but I think that the thing that is so missing in this awareness and maybe the fact that we are still just referring to mental health as one big catch-all term for something that can include the highest performance that an individual can have in their life, the absolute peak of their powers with their, their mental skills and mental fitness being absolutely primed all the way through to the very worst things that we experience. Maybe we'll reach a point in a few years where mental health needs to be broken up as a topic because you still have this phrasing of people saying they've suffered with mental health when really it's perhaps being picky and picking uh, picking fault in you know what is a good natured expression but really what it means is that having uh having struggles with or suffered with mental ill health rather than mental health generally because mental health also includes the real positives there so perhaps the terminology is somewhat redundant now because of how it's just captured one side of it and that's why often we talk about things like mental fitness and the mental skills that people can develop but of course that continuum which I really believe in, the idea that at one end we got our very best, the other end we got our very worst and we're somewhere in between, is still something which really helps when people engage with it to understand really what mental health is on a day-to-day basis. And it is something which, of course, we, we is just as much a part of us as a leg or an arm and will affect how we use our legs and our arms, as an example. So... This is the the kind of conundrum that I think we're in at the moment. Anyone who's interested in this this space is what we do in future around this idea of awareness. The theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Week is anxiety. And I think that's really well selected because it then gives us an appreciation of how anxiety, as an example, exists on that continuum. We can have the clinical aspects of it where people will need to have support, treatment, whether that be medication, therapy, etc., through to the everyday anxieties that we all experience about an upcoming job interview or in a cricket game waiting to bat. It's still we use the same word to describe something which can be debilitating 
to people that can make such a profoundly negative impact on their life all the way through to something which actually a lot of players would look at that anxiety slash nerves and say they need that to get themselves focused and up for the game. So that is, whether it's been intended or not, a really good selection this year, in my view, uh, to pick the topic of anxiety because it does capture so much. And maybe we can get people thinking more about how that continuum exists and we might be looking at one thing from very much a health care or a supportive nature, someone having a decline in their mental health, all the way through to how these things can happen every day. But I suppose I'd like to finish this brief monologue with a couple of things which do get overlooked, which are probably the things which are the, not the, necessarily the easiest to do because we've got so much going on in our lives we can forget, but are the things which have so much power. And we know we're fully aware of that we should talk about how we feel, but we all know, depending on our personalities, how difficult that can be and how the barriers can be there in a number of ways. Probably the most important barrier is working out whether someone's going to be interested enough to listen and care enough to give you that audience and how they're going to respond when they listen. So what are our listening skills like? Do we wait for that person just to finish speaking so we can give them their give them our opinion and advice or do we simply listen to what they've got to say check that we've understood it and just be there and give them that time now that can sound like quite a pressure and of course we individually can't be that person for everyone but for those that we're closest to that we care about the most most perhaps this Mental Health Awareness Week might be a prompt to think it could be one of the most impactful things you ever do in your life. And that is to let someone you care about know that you're there if they're needing someone. Whether that be they're struggling with their health, they're struggling with a situation, or they're wanting to do something to, prog- to progress, to improve, to like get more out of their life, to stretch themselves, letting someone know that we're there to support them as a friend, as a family member, is that missing piece often. It still gets lost in the conversation about you need to speak if you're struggling, but then there's almost that empty space behind it where people are asking either out loud or in their head, well, who do I speak to? And sometimes we can make signposts into excellent organisations that are available, like the Samaritans or Calm, or going through organisations and charities like Mind. All brilliant. But also, we get the benefit if we're supporting someone close to us, in the initial instance at least, of feeling good about being that person who gave their time, who got that greater connection with a friend. And of course, yes, if someone was really struggling with something where it was affecting the way they lived their life, they weren't themselves, of course we'd want to get them onto someone who can help them more professionally, just like we would physically. If someone's limping off a, uh, a cricket field, we might, we'll might we give them a hand to get off the cricket field, we'll check they're okay, but we're not going to go and then try and diagnose what the problem is. We'd get them towards someone who's, who's expert in that. 
So that aspect of being available for people, um, still the rest of life gets in the way, doesn't it? But I could tell you it's so powerful when someone earnestly and sincerely lets you know that they care. The other one, and again, it's so bloody obvious, but I'll say it anyway, is how we tr- how we treat those people around us. And cricket's a great example of this. If you have a certain age like I am, you've probably been through the cycle where the default for a long time was like the banter or the stick or the abuse or whatever you want to call it, where a rite of passage is that you take the piss out of teammates. Um, there's almost like a pride in not supporting each other in some ways. And uh, I was dreadful f- for that, uh, you know, joining in with the Mickey taking, sometimes leading it, often leading it. And then <coughs> as you get older, you perhaps try to connect with why you play cricket a little bit more. And I'm sure a lot of people or whoever is listening would be no different. That The reason I play is because of the camaraderie and the connection. I'm just trying to tread that line between sometimes you want to have the banter, you want to have a bit of a laugh. And, and no one, we're not saying people can't have things where light is made of a situation but just thinking a little bit more about how it might affect people um everyone's got different sensitivities some people love the banter and 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 kind of want it to come to feel part of the group but other people something that you consider to be a harmless nickname or observation might be something which they don't need at that point so having some awareness of that and i've come to realize that Judging people by what I might be able to take in terms of stick is not the way to do it because everyone, as I've just said, is different. But these things that I've mentioned, of course, are all blindingly obvious. But sometimes we just need reminding of those things and thinking about how we might place them in our context. So I think going forward to this weekend or whenever you listen to this, I'm always now motivated by that fourth dimension of cricket. We can bat, we can bowl, we can field or wicket keep, but we can also work on how good we are at being a teammate and what we can do around the group to support others. So what can we do this weekend in our cricket setting that develops that skill of being a good teammate? And I would just say the exercise is so is straightforward. It's doing what you think might support your teammates, but just having a reflection on that and how that feels. Uh, I have tried in a few ways to do this myself of course it's a work in progress i'm not the ultimate teammate but i'd like to be the best one i can be just like i always want to try and improve the other three aspects of my game so give it a go how does it feel and also maybe this is a point for a conversation with the rest of the team how can we be better teammates thank you for listening uh all the best with hopefully what is now uh a long hot summer cheers (laughs) 